In this episode, episode 23, I want to talk to the person that is thinking about suicide. You are thinking about not being here anymore. I was at that place two years ago. And I want you to know that first off, you are not alone. And more importantly, I want you to stay. So I'm going to read this message that was sent to me. And it's a pretty long message. It's pretty much a story. And hopefully this story shows you that many people care about you that you don't even know. This is going to be a heavy story, so I'm warning you now. But please know that suicide is something that we need to discuss and talk about since many people are at that place. Here we go. You want to kill yourself? It's 10.53 p.m. on a Sunday night. You've already said goodnight to your parents and siblings. They think you're sound asleep. You sit at your desk, twirling a pen in your hand. You stare at the blank piece of paper as the tears refill your eyes for the fifth time tonight. You don't want to do it without writing a goodbye letter. You want to make sure your family knows why you did it. The tears fall onto the paper and you can't help the frustration as the droplets begin to ruin the paper. You crumble it up and break it down even harder. You realize you can't write the letter. So you look in the mirror once more and watch as your final tear falls. Only a couple moments later, your heart stops and the blood escapes your body to create a puddle on the floor. But nobody is going to care, right? It's now 6.47 a.m. Monday morning. Your mother waits downstairs in the kitchen to give you your lunch money. She's already late for work, but she doesn't want you to stress about making lunch for yourself. She doesn't know what's taking you so long. She yells your name a couple of times, but there's no response. She has no idea your cold, dead body is lying in your bedroom. She thinks you slept in, so she runs up the stairs and knocks on your door. But still, there's no answer. She opens the door and screams, horrified. She runs to you and holds your body. The tears seem like a waterfall, everlasting. She sits there with you, cradled in her arms for a good hour until she has the strength to get up and call your father. Your father rushes home and they cry together. They pick up your siblings from school and try to explain to them what has happened. Your older brother runs out of your room and into his. He slams the door. He thinks it's all his fault. He's always picked on you, calling you names and starting arguments just to push your buttons. He punches his walls and allows the tears to pour out of him. Your little sister doesn't understand. She asks if it's because she always tries to steal your stuff or because she never leaves you alone when you have your friends over. It's hard to explain something like this to a six-year-old, but she probably wouldn't care anyways, right? It's now Wednesday, and your mom finally goes to your school. She hasn't left the house since you took your life, but she knew she had to go. She enters your classroom to only see the teacher sitting at her desk grading papers. It's 12.19 p.m., so your classmates are sitting in lunch. Your teacher greets her and asks where you've been. Your mother bursts into tears and your teacher automatically is astonished. She has no idea what's wrong, but she tries to comfort your mother. Your mom begins to explain what has happened and your teacher cries too. She begins to have flashbacks of all the times she yelled at you for not paying attention and not doing your homework. She thinks it's her fault for being too hard on you. Your classmates return and are confused. A couple of students recognize your mom and want to say hi, but they sense something is wrong. Your teacher calls the vice principal and the principal in, and your mom explains. Everyone in the classroom is now crying. Even the annoying boy that sat behind you and threw gum in your hair is crying, thinking it's his fault. Even the popular girl that wouldn't give you the time of day is crying, thinking it's her fault. Even the nerd that wouldn't let you copy his homework is crying, thinking it's his fault. 
they're probably all faking because nobody actually cares, right? A week has gone by and it's time for your funeral. Nobody has ever seen one this large. Almost every kid in your school and their families are there. Actually, almost anyone you've come into contact with has come. It's like a pool of black as one looks over the people sitting in the chairs as your dead corpse lies in the casket. Everyone goes up to speak. And after every speech, everyone begins to cry even harder. Even the emotionless jock is in hysterics. The funeral lasts many hours. Nobody wants to get up, to move on, to accept what has happened in real life. All of them are just too lazy to get up because they obviously don't actually care, right? It's now been a month since your death. None of your family members have been in your room. The door remains shut. Your mom goes up to your dad and whispers, it's time. Your dad looks at her with his lifeless eyes, nods, and slowly rises from the kitchen table. They enter your room slowly. Just stepping inside of it gives your mother the chills. Your father holds your mom as she begins to tear. He's trying to be strong, but he can't. Soon the tears swell up in his eyes as well. They begin to pick up your clothes, dust your shelves, and make your bed. The stain on your carpet from your blood has been covered with a rug. Neither of them goes near it. They clean in silence for the next hour. They don't care that you're gone. They just didn't want a messy room, right? Another week goes by, and your brother passes your room and hears crying coming from inside. He opens the door to see your little sister sitting on your bed, clutching your favorite pillow. He runs to her and they cry together. Soon, your mother and father have joined them. Your father jokes, this bed is not big enough for the four of us, and everyone laughs. You know, that's the first time your family has laughed since you died. The first time a smile has ever crept on their faces. They hug each other, and your mother says, we'll get through this someday. You thought nobody would care. Well, you were wrong. Nobody wanted you to take your life. Nobody wanted to wake up and find your body. Nobody wanted this, wished for this, could have imagined this. Some people knew you've been down lately, but they never thought this would happen. They never thought this could happen. They never thought they would go through this pain. They never wanted to have to face the agony, the guilt, the frustration, the depression, and the heartache that they've been forced to encounter. Now, before you kill yourself, think about it. You matter so much to so many people. There are so many people that will miss you. Your smile, your laugh, the way your eyes light up when you're happy. Do you want to take that away from everyone? From yourself? Never to smile again or see the person that makes your heart skip a beat? Never get to live? Don't do that to yourself. You have so much to live for. If you haven't already, do you really want to miss the opportunity to meet your true friends? Have your first kiss? Fall head over heels in love? Get your heart broken time and time again. Go to college. Get an A-plus on that final you study for days in for. Get married. Have your own children. What would you do if you walked into your 14-year-old daughter's room and saw her lying there with no heartbeat, surrounded by a pool of blood? It would be no big deal, right? You'd shrug and clean the blood with a smile on your face as you hum your favorite song that's been in your head for the past couple of days. No. You cry and clutch your lifeless body in your arms and cry, cry and cry and cry. You think it was your fault and a million thoughts would go through your mind. Why would she do this? Is it my fault? Why didn't she tell me she was depressed? Why didn't I stop her? How couldn't I have known? But she was thinking the same thing you were as a child. 
you know, that nobody would care. So before you slit your wrist or swallow all those pills or hang that rope around your neck and jump from that chair, think twice. Take a deep breath. You're worth more than this. Nobody should have to think that taking their life is the best thing to do. Anything you're going through is temporary. The feeling won't last forever. You will get through this. No matter how long it takes, you need to know you will get through this and you don't have to face it alone. There are so many people you can talk to, family, friends, neighbors, teachers, counselors, hotlines, me, etc. I will be here for you no matter what. I will try my absolute hardest to help you. So please do not ever, ever write that letter or even think about suicide. Life is full of ups and downs for a reason. It makes us stronger. It shows us what we can get through. It builds and shapes us into the next generation of parents, grandparents even. You might not see the light at the end of the tunnel yet, but I promise it's there. You just have to keep walking towards it. That was the message that was sent to me. And I wanted to read that message for you to show you that one, suicide is a real thing. People do care. I freaking care about you and I want you to stay. I attempted suicide myself two years ago and without getting into that story and I may share that story with you another time because it is pretty detailed. As I was lying on the floor looking outside to the light hitting the snow and my body was intoxicated and I was on hard drugs both at the same time. I looked and I really thought to myself wow this is it. But then, randomly, my dad called me. And in that moment, <laughs> sorry, whew, this is hard. In that moment, I realized that, wow, I may not see my dad again. I may not see my mom, my friends. I may not meet that special girl. I may not listen to my favorite music. I may not impact anybody in a positive way. My life is over, but thankfully, my family and friends saved my life. I hope that this message really shows you that suicide is not the answer and that you are not alone. I will continue to do this podcast, YouTubing, life coaching for as long as I live just to show that one person that they are not alone. If that person is you and you're thinking about suicide, you're going to get through this. Everything you're feeling right now is temporary. I don't care if it's lasted years like my depression has. I don't care if it's lasted years. You're going to get through this and come out more strong, come out stronger than you ever have before. I'm proud of you. You are a warrior. You are a fighter. So keep fighting and pushing forward. I love you. If nobody has said that to you, I'm saying it right now. I love you and thank you so much for being here and being a light in this world that I never want to see go out. If you are suicidal, please call 1-800-273-8255. That is a suicide hotline. Please talk to your parents about what you're feeling. Talk to a professional counselor. Talk to someone because I promise you there are people that care about you in your life that will love to be there for you to help you through this. All right. I think it's time to end the episode. As I always say, do you stay swagalicious 
And no matter what, remember, keep smiling. I'll see you in the next episode.